Call Keys Dan at 501-470-6386 or visit us on the web at keysdan.com or radiowhat.com. Let Keys Dan make your next thing a A big big one. one. What radio, the music you want. With your host, Keys Dan. Transmission incoming from the big giant head. Radio what? What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios, and this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time, and if you need DJ services, DJLittleRock.com, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. Keys Dan, yeah, today on the program michael childress he's out of moralton arkansas and uh he's an actor amongst other things and he's got new projects on the horizon so we got that to look forward to in this program today let's see this week's shows still doing a lot of podcasts i'm doing uh, about two a day which is whew, that's a lot for me but uh you know i hey i'm excited I'll, I'll do three a day i'll do four a day i like to not put time limits on them so if they go three hours Hey, I want to make sure that people have the time to tell the story that they want to tell on the What Makes You Famous podcast. So that's exciting. On Friday night, oh yeah, now that's the time I get to party with the people. It's the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. It's a video dance party, karaoke jam, Friday night. That's my usual Friday night stop, hanging out at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. They got the full bar, kitchen, pool tables, pool tournament going on. So if you want to get involved in that, get in contact with the Rab and maybe you could make some money while you're hanging out at the Rab. On the party patio out at at the Rab, they got shuffleboard, uh, foosball, Jenga, checkers. Yeah, there's stuff to do while you're listening to some fine tunes uh, provided by me. I know, sometimes I get it in my head. I want to do a different theme on the night. Sometimes it's one-hit wonders, uh, females of rock and roll, 80s, 70s. Of course, the, the, the decades are pretty easy, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today's music. The the aughts, the 2000s, the millennium music. Uh, I think the last week's theme was, uh, oh yeah, it was for some reason, oh yeah, it was Rick Ocasek and Eddie Money. That's where it started because they passed away last week. And then uh, I started playing a bunch of their music on Friday night. And then I just went into a, a musicians that we have lost kind of motif. And that was uh, pretty pretty fun, man. Uh, you know, because we've, we've lost a few recently and uh, we've lost a few in the past. And, and their music lives on. Yes, their music lives on. So that's one way that they became famous forever and ever. All right. That's the Rab Friday night. That starts at 8 p.m. and we go until 2 in the a.m. Friday night. I don't have anything for the rest of the weekend. I mean, other than podcast, I'm having a good time with these conversations. And today I'm having a conversation with Michael Childress. So without further ado, uh, well, when he talked about being on this podcast, we talked about a location. He said, uh, will you meet me in Moralton over? at the Big Cuppa? I said, I sure will. So we met in the morning for a Big Cuppa in Moralton, Arkansas, heading for Big Cuppa to meet Michael Childress now. We clip it close to the talking hole. I only normally used to 
See, I used to have a podcast. Yes. Fifty years ago. Seems Fifteen like years ago, when they first like, started. Yeah, seems that way, anyways. But yeah. Yeah, I had a Star Trek podcast for forever. Oh, now I love you even more. Because <laughs> as soon as Star Trek Online came out, uh-huh. I was hired by a guy called Xander Hayes, and he ran Holosuite Media, and they he, had. Where was that? It's a. It was a TeamSpeak-based podcast. Yes. So we all just fall into TeamSpeak, and then. Talk about Star Trek forever in a year. You were on the cutting edge of podcasting, man. What, what happened? Um, I left there and formed my own podcasting and radio station for the for the game. Yes. And then continued to do podcasting. Terrestrial radio or online radio? Uh, it was online radio. Yes, yes. I run an online radio station myself. I mean, it's, it's it. one of those things. It's, mm-hmm. it's what. It's, I mean, it's what I did forever. Fifteen years ago, you were on the cutting edge, man. Yeah. This is this is before all the major podcasts that are even out there now mm-hmm. started. I, I think well, Rogan was definitely one of the first. Adam Carolla, I think he was one of the first uh, that that started podcasting. But uh, yeah, yeah, some of those podcasts are just no longer there. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk in a microphone, and and I I knew it was going to be something a little bit special when I heard you were a podcaster. So. When two people that like to talk on microphones get together, uh, some things might happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Michael Childers, give the people a little idea of who you are. Well, um, my name is Michael Childers. I grew up in Moralton, actually. I moved to New York City mm-hmm. to go to college and became an off-Broadway actor. And I was mostly a musical actor, which is really kind of cool. That's yeah. always really kind of fun. And... Uh, I did that all throughout college, and whenever I graduated, I went into work and still did that part-time on the weekends and such like that. And then I moved back home to take care of my mom, and I started with another community theater, and I was shocked how community theaters were actually ran. Like, I'd never actually been in a community theater. I'd been in professional theaters and stuff like that. Sure. Like, I was like, no, no, we can rehearse like five days a week and it's cool. You know, I came from that kind of atmosphere where you would rehearse for eight hours a day for five days a week and that was just your life. Well, it's a job. You just devoted the entire core to that. Yeah. People don't, some people don't realize that acting, it's a job. It's It's, not, you you just show up on the set and mm -hmm. there it is. No, you have to be off book. You have to practice just like any other job. And it's an entire thing. And these people... Like it shocked me because they were like, "No, no, you can't, you can't hold rehearsals on Sundays and Wednesdays, and nobody rehearses on Fridays." And I was like, "Huh? <laughs> so you're saying that I'm limited to the days in which I can make people rehearse, and I'm limited? Yeah, yeah, you, you can't do that." And so I was like, "Okay, this is a new beast for me." Right. And so, so I, what day is the show, for example? Maybe. Well, the show dates are okay, but people don't okay. like to rehearse on Fridays and Saturdays because they have plans. People. But that's the days of the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Continue. Continue. So, we'll get into all that. So it's it's one of those things where I moved back here and I started directing. I was a technical director for many, many, many years. I did lighting and sound and technical directing for many, many years. And then yes. I, I decided, because I started acting and being in theater when I was like... 13, 14, with my first show. And so I've been doing it since then. Did it in high school and did it in college and 
went all the way through and so it's acting where, where are you from michael childers i'm from right here right like big cuppa is I, that because that's where we're doing this podcast yeah. big cuppa in marlton arkansas yeah i, I like what you've done with the place you, they set up a cot in the back for you absolutely well they probably would <laughs> i'm in here every day but uh I yeah you're wearing the t-shirt yeah i thought you might work here no no they won't hire me. He's a satisfied customer. They, they won't hire me because they're afraid I'll drink up all the profit. You're so, a walking billboard for Big Cuppa. I am. In, in Moralton, Arkansas. It's nice to... to uh, is this a, a, a one... Now, do you know anything about this Big Cuppa? Is it a, is it a one place or is it a chain? Uh, the Big Cuppa came here in 2017, I think. And they are just a family-based business. I like that. In, in Moralton. I like that. Well, when I... I, I talked well when we talked about getting being on this podcast or doing this podcast. This was the place that you suggested, and I'm very happy to be here. So okay. I, I, it's good to give people a shout out if you're doing stuff in their establishment. Michael Childress, you're from Moralton, Arkansas, born yep. in Moralton, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where had what what was growing up in Moralton, Arkansas like for Michael Childress? Growing up in Moralton was it was it was a very cool thing. My mother was a my mother was a cosmetologist, so okay. she knew everyone. All right. And and she would. Her beauty shop was right next door to my house. Oh, okay. So so there was a breezeway that connected the job from home. So we were always over there causing problems and issues and telling people they didn't look good. But that's okay because it's what we did as kids. Well, the the stereotype is that people go to the cosmetologist, you go to the beautician, and the county. Well, all the gossip. You hear all the hot guys, so mm-hmm. so you were probably in tune with the community, even at an early age. Oh yeah. Tell me about how that affected you a little bit. I mean, it it was, Walton is actually it, it's a really great place to actually grow up mm-hmm. and and be a part of. The community is it's very it's it's just a very it's a very close knit community. Right. And I think that that's really great. And and everybody goes to the football games on Fridays. Yes. And I was in band and. In high school and stuff like that, so I mean, I was I was a very outgoing kid even when I was growing up. Yeah, um, going to maybe ten thousand people in this town, or, or there's so? like six or seven thousand people in this town. Okay, it's a All very right. small community, but it's but it's got everything you yeah. need. Uh, they, they, they got a Walmart too. Yeah, uh, they, they got a grocery store. They got the Walmart. They got it's it's enough big city things. To keep you entertained in this city, mm-hmm. so you really don't have to go out of Moralton too much, do you? No, no. I uh, I frequent uh, Russellville a little bit, and I frequent Conway, and I'll mm-hmm. go different places and do different stuff. But I'm I'm very much in. I, I love the overall theater community in in Arkansas, though. So anytime that there's a really yeah. good show going on. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to go and see it, and I'm going to see what they're doing. I, I get surprised at, at how how many actors there are here in Arkansas. There is a big actors community, I've, and I've spoken to quite a few of them on this podcast, even. Um, so, it, it, are you part of a big group in Arkansas, or is it a smaller offshoot of that group here in Moralton, Arkansas? I mean, it's a we're a small company right now. Mm-hmm. How many people? Um, we have a board of like eight people. Eight people. That's eight well, people. That's it's respectable. Eight. You it's can put on a show with eight people. Yeah. I put on a show with one people. <laughs> me. 
but it's a it's it's small but it's growing i mean mm -hmm. we've only been doing it for a year yes and so we have we have a few fundraisers coming up that's going to help us get a storefront and be able to teach like theater to kids and adults and everybody excellent michael childers excellent so growing up you were a band geek uh-huh oh. and you you say okay what instruments did you play um i was a percussionist so i was i was i was not as geeky as some but right. i was pretty geeky well you were that kid in in even ele elementary school that was banging on your desk yeah uh, annoying the teacher to no end i'm sure oh yeah yes I, I annoyed pretty much everybody which is okay that's that's fine whenever you're that age did you carry the drumsticks in your back pocket all the time um, I was only in band for like three years, so I probably didn't make it that far, but I was pretty, I was pretty far in. Okay. All right. So, and marching band too? Mm-hmm. So you had some performing even in that, at that time, at that yeah. early age in your life, there was performing coming. Uh, so high school, anything else that, that, that came mean, out of high school? I was, I was a big theater nerd in high school. Theater nerd. Did you do any plays in school? Yeah, we did. We did. I did like all the place and then i became the technical director for the county so yes but big, big productions in high school yeah like wizard of oz and wow and uh, fiddler on the roof and those wow kind of things. yeah okay all right any big parts in that or you were technical or um i did technical behind the scenes most of it and then i also well i was special effects for fiddler and for Wizard yep. of Oz, and then I was also on stage, so I was running back and forth a little bit. Kids, if you're thinking about getting in the entertainment business, get in the technical side, because even when that show closes, guess what? you got a job in the next show. Maybe that actor, maybe all that, all the actors and that crew that, that, were, that were in front of this, the camera or in front of the, on the stage uh, will lose their jobs and have to go look for work, but you almost immediately have work for the next show. Right? Mm -hmm. So the technical side of it, you're always working, oh, especially yeah. if you work for that theater. Mm -hmm. So, yes, little tips. You're getting information from Michael Childress on how to be, how to be different things, how to be a star, how, yeah. to, be, how to be in the entertainment business. So, after high school, what happens? Um, after high school, I moved to New York City. New York City? Yeah. Get a rope. I know. You went north of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes, I did. What took you to more New York City? Um, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to college there, so I went to college in New York City. New York and, City, uh, okay. What, what did you study? I studied uh, computer programming, computer okay. sciences. That's a far cry from from the entertainment biz. Yeah. Well, I wanted to be a, originally. I wanted to be a theater teacher, and I I right. thought about doing that, but teachers didn't make very much money, and I wanted to be able to support myself and make plenty of money and do what I wanted to do. So, what year was this? You were going to New York City. I left about 2018. 2018. No, 19. 19. What year did you graduate 19, high school? I graduated in 95. I left in 98. You went to New York? I went to New York in 1998. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Is Okay, so graduated in 95, went to New York in 98. Mm -hmm. How was your experience going to computer classes and the in the big city? I mean, the big city was... It was really... Everybody assumed that I would be intimidated, but I really wasn't. Right. I, I made friends, and I found a roommate, and I lived in Richmond Hill, Queens, mm -hmm. New York, and that's a it's a very German community, which is really great. I actually love living in Queens yes. as opposed to living in the city, and it was just one of those things. I I enjoyed my time, and 
Well, there's a reason seven million live. Uh, seven million people live together. It has to be some kind of a community. You hear about crime, but there's seven million good people living in one place. Okay, yeah, maybe there's a hundred, maybe a thousand bad people that spoil it. Oh yeah. So there's some great people living in, the, in this uh, you know, all together. So how do you get from place to place, from Queens to wherever you need to go? And were you going to school in Queens, or was it like... I went to Queens Community College. Queens so. Community, okay. So I went to Queens Community College, um, but I went to the city all the time, and that's where I worked. Um, you worked in the city? Mm-hmm. As? I worked... When I first got there, I was a telemarketer, so okay. I would call people on the phone and try to sell them, like, oil or whatever was on the menu that week. Nothing you would consider a career? No, nothing. No. <laughs> so I would sit there and I'd be like, hey, how, how's this? Would you like to buy some heating oil? And I know it's getting cold this year and da-da-da-da-da. But it's kind of, it was, that was another form of acting for me. Yes, you get a I script. Can, I can you, become You do get whatever. a script, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then you become the person that's on the phone. You hear their accent and their attitude and you become them. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's kind of biblical. You become the, to the, Yes, I, thinking about my biblical biblical teaching from, from the past here, if you're talking to somebody, you become that person. You kind of try to relate to them. And were you a good salesman? Well, I, I, was, I was pretty good. I was at least good at talking on the phone. Everybody seemed to enjoy talking to me, so that was good. <laughs> so I met a lot of really great people there, and, and there were several different offices within yeah. the boroughs that I worked. How long did that job last? Um, I worked on and off whenever I wasn't working for a stage production or whenever I wasn't doing something else. Okay. It was actually very good because you could take time off of that job and they didn't really care. They were like, sure, you can you, you just come back whenever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Wow, doesn't that let you know that you weren't needed there? Yeah, yeah I, just, I, I definitely wasn't making any money, but I was like, obviously I'm not making any money for this company. I feel bad about that, but, you know, hey, it's fun. Okay. So the bosses seemed to enjoy me, so they were like, yeah, sure, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It'll be cool. All right. So you've hinted at it, Michael Childress, that you not only studied computers and did telemarketing in New York, but you also did some theater up there. How did that start, and when did that start? Um, I was at a... I started another job for Mindy's Stardust Diner, which is home of the singing waitstaff. So I was like, well, Singing that's, a, waste, that's, yeah, cool. that's, a, that's a good fit for me. I could do that. I want to go to there. So I, I was working there, and I was singing a lot. And a, and a producer for an off-Broadway show was there, and uh-huh. he stopped me, and he said, I'd like to talk to you. And I was like, okay, sure. Wow. So, so you're a good singer. Yeah. And a producer said, I'm going to make you a star. I'm, I'm, let's, let's do this. So I went, and he said, let's audition for a part in Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll try that out. We'll mm-hmm. see what we can do. And I ended up getting Seymour. I'm looking at you and I'm saying, suddenly Seymour. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> standing did, in front of me. <laughs> and I did that for like six shows a week for like a couple months. Wow. Good production. Yeah. How long did you, okay. How long did you rehearse for that? The rehearsal time for, that, for that was like two months. Two, two months, months of rehearsal, how many days a week? We did five days a week. Two months of rehearsal, five days a week. Kids, if you want to be an actor, you've got to work. Yeah, it is It is simply, it is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. Yes. 
And so I had a blast in that role, and that was that was one of that was one of the funnest times that I've ever had on stage. I think. Okay. All right. So you were Seymour, the star of the show. Mm -hmm. What? How many people? Or this is off Broadway. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what Broadway and off Broadway is. I'm a Southern boy. You know, I've never been really too far north of the Mason Dixon myself. But I'd like to go to New York. I'm, I'm interested in going to see the big city. So Off-Broadway is where? Is that in Queens? Uh, Off-Broadway is normally in Lower Manhattan. Lower Manhattan. It's at the Soho Theater. So okay. It's in the Soho District, and it's actually really kind of cool. And how, how many people show up at a performance any given night of the week? I think that that theater set, I think it was like 200. Wow. It's a very small venue, but it's still... It's a 200 is respectable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be performing in front of 200 people five nights a week? Yeah. Come on. So how did that make you feel? I mean, it was it was exhilarating. I enjoyed every minute of it, and I still... I mean, I still love performing in front of any group of people. It's actually really exciting. Do you me. feel like the performances got better and better as time progressed? Or was by the end of that two months, you were... Okay, I'm here. I am. I'm gonna do it again. The same show. I think that that's that's something that every actor kind of kind of goes through is is trying to find a balance to make it fresh and new for every single audience because you want them to have the best experience they've ever had in theater. Right. And so that was drilled into me from high school yes. all the way through. You have to make every every show be special for every single person. And did you feel like you gave it your all yeah. every time? Yeah, yes. That's how, how did you prepare just before you got up on that stage to become Seymour in the Little Shop of Horrors? Uh, did did you prepare by a meditation, uh, take a nap, uh, have a sandwich? How, how do you prepare before you, you get up there? You, it's all mentally. So it's, you really have to get into that character and understand why he is where he is and, and what's going to drive him forward yes. and what's going to make him unique. And every actor will approach Seymour differently and every actor will try to figure him out in their own way which then creates a different kind of Seymour every time you see it yes did you ever break character and, and look at the audience no never fantastic Michael Childress that that's that's a sign of a good stage actor and I like a good stage performance I haven't seen a good stage show probably since the 90s you know when I was in, in Miami and, and I saw some shows down there but you, for me, as a person who's never been to New York, I would think that you you've made it, man. You 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 were in a in a in an off Broadway play in New York, doing Seymour. You were the star of the show, Michael Childress. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors is a great uh, show. I, I like the movies, both movies, in fact. I've never gotten to see it as a stage play, and. Um, was that the first major play, first big play outside of high school that you've done? Um, that was that was the first or second show that I've did outside of high school. Okay, what other shows have you done? Um, I switched directions a little while after that, yes. and I started directing. So you, then directing became wow. one of the things that I love to do, and so. I love figuring out every character and then breaking them down and then trying to figure out who can play that part the absolute best. Yeah, directing styles can be a, a different kind of way. You could always say, let the actors act, or you can give them direction. You're the boss, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's my way or the highway. How do you feel 
that you're directing, you know, once you become the actor, yeah, that's kind of the employee of the show. The director, that's the boss. That's the CEO, mm -hmm. the guy who's who's making it all happen. How do you feel your direction style is? Is it is it really a lot of hands-on, or is it, let's see what the actors can do? I think that it's important whenever you're directing to, to first give them a sense of what you expect for, from them, and then let them play a little bit. So we'll go through the blocking in which I've set up, and then we'll let them play with it a little bit and yeah. see if it's comfortable for them because not everybody's going to be comfortable moving the way that you move across the stage. Yeah. So let them kind of take it a little bit and then see what they do with it. I like the way you think. So uh, the first meeting, and what production was this that you started after Little Shop of Horrors? Did you do any more uh, acting in plays? I did. I did some acting in in a couple of plays, like a little bit of one-offs and stuff like that. Did you go into directing shortly after that? Um, I did not. I, I directed when I directed whenever I moved here. Okay. So I started directing when I came back to community. To Moralton, Arkansas. Yeah. Well, let's stay in New York a little bit. Tell okay. me about any of the productions there and your experiences with those. Okay. Um, we did, I did Little Shop of Horrors mm -hmm. there. Two months. Then, Excellent. I mean, two months is really, that's a good run for an off-Broadway yes. show. And so doing doing the press and the promo for that was really kind of fun for me and then I moved on and was it a lot of going to radio stations and going to newspapers and such it was mostly like they they want you to be like for the print media and then they also want you to do for you know a couple of local it shows. is noisy in here <laughs> is it too noisy in here no I should be alright I, I think it'll pick up pretty good on the, it looks like it's picking up good on the lab layers so okay. tell me about the again more so, when I finished with Little Shop, I started in on a couple of other smaller independent productions. Mm -hmm. Not anything that's really big. And it ran for maybe a month. Okay. And then, and then it was kind of gone. Any, any big names of, uh, of plays, people that, things that people these would recognize? Were, these were the things that people would, would write uh -huh. in New York. And then you would go and you would cattle call for casting and then they would choose you. Like a testing. Yeah. Like, well, what, like what comedians do when they go on a Tuesday night at one in the morning uh, to go and test out the material. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. kind of similar? Yeah. Where a writer similar. would test out his material yeah. off and Broadway? So, and so it'd be fun because that's, that's more fringe theater, which is kind of, yes. that's an entirely different beast all to itself. And that can always be a fun experience for right. pretty much any actor. I went on Sunday to a, a, a venue in Conway. And they were doing the Sunday Jam, which is a, just a, a bunch of musicians that maybe don't work together. Uh, you know, you had a guitarist from one band and a bassist from another band and a drummer from another band and a singer from a completely different band. And they were all jamming together, testing out their material, seeing what works or practicing. And this is what I'm likening this fringe theater that you're talking about mm -hmm. is getting your ideas out there yes you've written a play nobody's ever heard it let's give it a try out there in on off broadway and see if it'll make it to the big show yeah all right excellent see i'm learning a little bit about how the entertainment business in that aspect in theater works mm -hmm. and i said theater with a little bit of inflection that was hey, pretty good there you go <laughs> michael childress tell me more about new york um, New York was a, it was a great experience. It was a learning experience okay. more than anything in the world, I think. 
because in New York, in in the southern here living in Moralton is great, but mm -hmm. it's there. You become very afraid to to spread your wings and kind of and kind of fly on your own. Okay. I mean, I had my entire family here. Okay. If, if uh, your entire if family, how problem, many people? How many people in the family? Um, I grew up with I grew up with a brother and a mom, and and that was about it for our immediate family. But right. then we had our extended. We have aunts and uncles everywhere. I think we have like eight. My grandparents had like eight children, so they're everywhere. Oh, it's good to have backup. Oh yeah. Know, and family is important. They're the ones that'll back you up more often than anybody else. But when I when I was in New York City, I noticed that I could I, I couldn't depend on them. So I yes. really had to grow up, and I had to figure it all out for myself. And I had to I had to kind of spread my wings and learn how to be on my own and me, and mm -hmm. not and not be dependent upon anybody. So you spent all your twenties in New York. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. I was there until I turned about twenty eight, and then. And any other interesting jobs or uh, I mean, Joe jobs that you wouldn't c consider a career? I mean, when I when I went, I worked for a production company for okay. a Broadway show for a few months. For a Broadway show? Yeah. Now for, you're you're on the big time. Yeah. So what's the difference? How do you feel differently between two hundred people in the in the audience in a smaller theater to how many in the audience? Like two thousand plus. Two thousand plus. I mean, that's what you have in a Broadway show. Broadway theaters are huge, and they yes. make. If you look at the Broadway grosses, yes, which is what every show makes, which they put out every Monday, yes, it tells you that these shows make millions of dollars every day. Any any productions that people would know about that you um, were involved in? Um, as far as the production aspect, I was in. I was worked for the production house that did Rent. Wow, so, that's that's pretty big. So <laughs> I, think was, I think they're still going somewhere. <laughs> they're always going somewhere, and yeah. I think that the thing that I loved about doing that and working with that company was was being able to understand how the business side of of theater actually worked. Yeah, I had gone from being an actor to learning then what the business side of theater is all about. See, now you're learning things. These are skills that you could take through your whole life. Yeah, because being the actor. You get coddled. You get put in a trailer, uh, up on a pedestal, and <coughs> then when they need you, they un they kind of break the glass and open you. Okay, there you go. Put him, uh, put him where I needed. Uh, shape him like a Barbie doll. And uh, uh, but as the director, as the behind the scenes, as part of the crew, you get to see the whole production. And that you you are learning skills for life, my man, yeah. Mr. Michael Childress. And I'm excited. I'm learning things from you about how behind the scenes works. So tell me more. Because I didn't understand when I when I first got into theater, I was I was pretty much the assistant for the high school theater teacher. Yes. And so I dealt a little bit with like, you know, the, the business side of theater and how it all came together and how it all worked and right. whenever I worked for the production company. I learned all about royalties and, and rights and how to get those rights and then how to how to do the actual job of putting a show on from the ground up. Royalties, like for the, the writer and, yeah. and the people that own the uh, intellectual property, I guess. Right. So if you were to if you were to uh, if you were wanting to put on like Fiddler on the Roof or okay. something like that, you'd contact Music Theater International, which holds the royalties for that show, ah. and then you'd pay them. 
and then through paying them, they then trickle down and pay the the writer and the music the music writer, the lyricist, and all of those people then get paid from that. I'm looking at you, and you could go easily from Seymour to Topol easily. Yeah. <laughs> if I were a rich man, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you you were a singer as well. Yeah. When did you start singing? I started singing when I was uh, God when I was a little boy. I started in in. In church choir. Oh, that's great. And then I sang all throughout junior high and choir and high school and choir and then theater and everything else like that. Oh, how do you keep your pipes? Uh, uh, do you sing every day? Or I, I catch myself singing every day. I'll hum all the time. <laughs> um, um, and mostly it's Broadway. To the annoyance of people around you? Probably. <laughs> I'm a karaoke jock, so I get to hear a lot of people sing. I'd love to hear you at a show. You say you go to Russellville. I'm at the Old Post Barbecue, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. So there you go. <laughs> so, Michael Childress, you're, you've been singing at an early age, and you started in, in church, which is where a lot of singers do start, mm -hmm. good acoustics. And, and then where did that take you? Where, how far did you go with the singing? Um, I just became a musical actor. That's, that's yes. kind of what I really wanted to do. And so I became that musical actor that I really wanted to be. Excellent. I feel like if you, if you, have, a, if you have a dream, if you have something that you really want to do, you have to go for it. Now, there is singing in Little Shop of Horrors, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, you are, I see more you're singing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Skid Row, right? That mm -hmm. is one of my favorites from, from Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, but so any other... Any other acting and singing that you did in New York or you went behind the scenes on Broadway? Any other things in New York that happened? Um, not a lot, really. I mean, I, I would work and I would I would come home and I would take the dogs out and I would do the, you know, you do the normal everyday mundane stuff that you okay. have to do. Dog lover? How, how yeah. many dogs did you have? Um, I had two. Two dogs in New York? Two dogs in New York. And, uh, we were, and were you living alone? Um, I had a roommate. Roommate, that's cool. Because yeah. you always have to have a roommate, and yeah. we lived in a World War II walk-up in, oh. in Richmond Hill. Okay. And uh, it was built in World War II, so big, huge, tall ceilings, and I mean, it was really great architecture. What's a walk-up? Is that like just, just upstairs, I guess? Yeah, yeah. It's a walk-up. You have to go upstairs all the time, so you get your workout. Okay. All right. Okay. New York. So, uh, what made you leave New York? Um, my mom got sick. Mm. So I decided to come home and take care of family and, and take care of that kind of thing. What year was this? Um, that was in 2000, I think. So from 98 to 2000. So, so all that happened in two years. Yeah, in I New was York. A, I was a busy. I was a busy man. Yes, you were. I was. <laughs> yeah. So 2000, you come back to Moralton, Arkansas. Uh, take care of mom. Very noble thing to do. Like uh -huh. I said, family's very important. They're the ones that back you up. She took care of you. Now you're taking care of her. Yep. Well, how did that How did that work out? How, how was mom doing? Um, my mom passed away earlier this year. Mm -hmm. So, but I took care of her ever since I moved back. I mean, I was, I bought a house in Walton. Oh, okay. Just so that I would be as close as possible to her. Okay, so you were able to make enough money in New York to buy a house in yeah. Moralton, and now you're you know living in Moralton. That's fantastic. Yeah. And what what did mom pass away of? What did, what did she have? Um, she had COPD. COPD. Okay. How, how was that brought on? 
she uh, she smoked from a very early age. Okay. So uh, my grandfather actually started her smoking when she was three years old. Okay. He was a he was a farmer. Yes. So he would put her on a rock at the end of where he was going to be plowing a field, mm -hmm. and he would light her a cigarette and he would hand it to her so that she wouldn't cry as he as he had to go away. Well, back then, doctors recommended smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Just to calm you down. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I, I, no smoking. You know, if, if you can avoid it, don't smoke. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, sorry about your mama. Sorry. Yeah. And, but you were here to take take care of her and help her out, and that's a good thing. Brothers and sisters hanging around with yeah. you? My brother works for Walmart. He, uh, okay. Big, a, big company here in a, Arkansas and he, the world. Yeah. He's a Walmart employee, so oh. he, he enjoys that, and then... I have, cool. a, I have a niece who just moved to Memphis, and she's in theater, too, so, I mean... <laughs> okay. It's, it's in the blood, I yeah. guess. It's in there. Uh, brother at Walmart, does he do any, any theater? Or you drag him into production at all? No. <laughs> Usually we tap on our family first. Yeah. Hey, let me try something out. Stand in front of this camera for a second, or hold this camera for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you're, hey, all of a sudden he's a part of the show. Yeah. So uh, the sister that went to Memphis, tell, tell me about that. Uh, my niece. Or niece, in, sorry. Yep, my niece who, uh, who graduated from UCA with a degree in theater. Yes. Is living in Memphis right now, and she's probably working on a couple of things and probably trying to get some stuff going. Excellent, excellent. Um, I believe she just became a fiance. She just got herself a fiance, so that's... Love that's is a wonderful good. thing. Yep. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right. Uh, well, since we, since we went there, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, how's, how's the love in, in Michael Childress' life? Well, love is good. Love is good. Uh, any uh, relationships to, to speak of or... Uh, girlfriend, married man? Um, mostly just hanging out right now. Just hanging out. Hey, yeah. available then. Yeah. Okay, good. Michael Childress, available. Look, swipe right. <laughs> or, or is it swipe left? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's up swipe. If you see that car, if you've seen that on the CW, I think uh, th there's an up swipe that uh, the Adam was working on. Uh all right, that's a whole other story. I'm, I'm watching Le Legions of Legends of Superheroes or Legends Legends of Superheroes on CW. I'm rewatching all of that again, hmm. and there's little tidbits that kind of pop into my head. You'll get that from time to time here on the What Makes You Famous podcast. We're talking to Michael Childress and, and still hanging out in the Big Cuppa at Moralton, Arkansas. It's got a lot of flavor in, on, on the walls, and I, I just tried my my cuppa. They made me an espresso uh, with half milk and half espresso. I think it needs more sugar. <laughs> so I'm going to have to get more sugar. Uh, so, Michael Childress, you, you made it back to, to Moralton, Arkansas, mm -hmm. taking care of Mama. What do you start doing uh, in 2000? Um, I started doing graphic work because as far as computer programming goes, that's what was my job. You, you did get something. You did get something out of the computers. Yeah. So you, you graduated with some kind of a, a, an idea of how to use computers. Yeah. So I, I was, my job when I, when I got out of college mm -hmm. at, was doing the graphic interface. Okay. So that's pretty much what I did. I designed graphic interfaces for any program that the, that the company would come up with. Yeah, what's a gra graphic interface? A graphic interface is what the the user on the on the user's end sees whenever they bring up the program. So it's the box and all of the buttons, and then designing how it overall looks. 
Oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Is, is this Dreamweaver or, or or Front Page or I, how did I build my website at first? I think it was Front Page back in 2000, somewhere around there. Yeah. And, and maybe HTML before that. So I knew a little bit about that. I, I built my my own website, but you've been building websites for other people. Um, I started building websites for myself okay. and for all the various podcasts and everything else that I was trying to do. Yeah. I would be like, no, I can build a website. Huh. That should be easy. I can do that. Yeah. So I started doing that, and then I've just so I've built websites for basically myself for every iteration, everything that I wanted to do. So we touched upon it. You're a Trekkie, but you're not only a Trekkie. You're a super Trekkie. You like to talk about Trekkie. You were on a Trekkie podcast. Tell yeah. me about that. Um, I was on two podcasts. One was called Tribbles and Ecstasy. That is an actual title of something. I'm not just making it up. Triple what? Tribbles in Ecstasy. I'm really not making Tribbles that up. Tribbles in Ecstasy. Yeah. Now that is Trek. That's deep. That's deep. That is a... What is the trouble with Tribbles in Ecstasy? I, I don't know, but it's pretty bad. I, from what I hear, it's pretty bad. And uh, then I did uh, Keep On Trekking. Yeah. And Keep On Trekking was my baby. That was my podcast. And yeah. So, I've noticed that whatever that I did, though, I tried to break the mold on pretty much everything that I did. So when sure. we were doing Keep On Trekking, the emphasis was to make it seem like you were actually on one of the ships. Acting. To make it seem like you were actually there. So yes. there was like sound effects that we put in to each show that made it seem like that. The underlying hum and all of that kind of stuff. We, we tried to do new and inventive ways to get stuff done. And that's what I do in theater all the time. So you're an actor through and through. Yeah. Even even on a podcast, you want to be an actor. You want to give a show. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're making an experience. And, and on a podcast, we make an experience of the mind, which is why I kind of explain where we were and the sounds that you're hearing in the background. Why is there background noise on this one? Well, because we are in on location rather than in a clinical studio, a very quiet place. So, Michael Childress... You are on this podcast. How long did this go? Um, the podcast went for... I did 100 episodes of Keep On Trekking. That's cool. And I did I did like 70 episodes of Triples and Ecstasy. That's cool. What happened, man? You were in the, on the cutting edge. What year was this? I got I got really burned out with the problem. And, and I just... I couldn't... I was just tired of it. I, I suppose that does happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it eventually it happens with pretty much everything. You get burned out on on doing whatever it is that you're got, whatever it is that you're doing, and you have to reinvent whatever whatever comes next. Well, thankfully, I haven't gotten tired of talking to people, no. and now I'm talking to Michael Childress. I mean, I never get tired more. Of, I yeah. never get tired of talking to people. I'll <laughs> talk to anybody anytime. Yeah, might as well put a microphone in front of you. Yeah, and, I can, and let and let other people know about who Michael Childress is. So, what year was were these two podcasts? Um, that ended probably a probably like. Ten years ago, probably. Ten, ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty old. So how long did it? How long did it take to to do a hundred episodes? Was it a weekly thing, a monthly thing? It was a. We did a weekly podcast. Weekly. So yeah. for a hundred episodes, that's almost two years. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. So okay. Uh, and you say that ten years ago that ended. Well, did that take your whole life, or or? or or was, was there other jobs uh, going on at this time? I mean, I, I would still do, like, graphics and stuff like that for people yes. that I knew, and I would still try to figure, you know, I, I'm, I like to have that artistic kind of 
kind of outlet to myself. Yes. Are the websites still out there for these shows, the Star Trek shows? Um, Can people still access them? I believe that Triples in Ecstasy, their podcasts are still there, but I think that they lost all the episodes. I think they lost some of the episodes that I was in. So pretty much that is gone. And I think that they only have like the last like couple of years that they've been doing it. I think they still have that. But most of my podcasts are gone. But I did enjoy... I did enjoy meeting all of the Star Trek actors that I met and all the people that came with doing that that show. Oh, wait a minute. This is big time. How, what actors did you meet? Um, Chase Masterson was one of the actors on Deep Space Nine, and I met her. Yes. And uh, we talked to her for a little bit. Tim Russ was also a member. Kipley Brown, who was on Enterprise and a couple of other things. Yes. And we met some of the actors from the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. Where did you, okay, you had to go on two locations to no. meet these people. You went to, uh, oh, no, you, they, you're they on the phone. they were just Skyped in. Skype in. Okay, yes. that's cool, too. I, I do a lot of these on the phone, and I do a lot of them on the Skype all over the world. So oh, yeah. this, I get to ta- chat with people. This internet is great. I know. I think it's going to catch on eventually. I think so. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so you're getting to meet some people, talk to some really interesting mm-hmm. Star Trek people. And Star Trek is not just the original series Star Trek is all you've touched upon it it's Deep Space Nine it's Voyager it's a, it's it's a Enterprise mm-hmm. uh, Scott Bakula was great man on that one Ed. so uh, you know so you, are you answering the question Star Trek versus Star Wars can you answer it oh no 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 I really can't because I, I enjoy both <laughs> he will not answer it nope <laughs> I, I enjoy I really do enjoy both and then I I really do I don't know, but I met so many really cool Star Trek actors. Yes. Like Doug Drexler, who did all of the graphics for Deep Space Nine and stuff like that. He was okay, the behind-the-scenes people. Yeah. That's excellent. And then Aaron Eisenberg, um, who played Nog yes. on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. See, fantastic. He meet, you meet people. Start a podcast. Meet some people. That's right. And, and have real conversations. Don't just look at your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Michael Childress, man, small town boy from uh, Moralton, Arkansas, and, and just makes it big, goes out into the world and, and finds things to do. But now you're back in, in Moralton, and you had that podcast, and that, that seems uh, really interesting, you know, that you, you took this this thing, and I'm, were you always a Trekkie? Were you always into geek things and oh, geek yeah. culture? Oh, yeah. Tell me how that started. I was, I was, I started watching uh, The Next Generation when I was, when I was really small. I think I was like 10 or 11, and I would watch, my mom got a second job working at a, working at a gas station. She yeah. would have to work till midnight. As they do, as moms do. Oh, and, yeah. And dads and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she would be working until like 11.30 or 12 or right. whenever. So that's whenever Star Trek would come on for the Arkansas area. So to occupy yourself? So I would, she would bring me home a Nutty Buddy. I don't know if anybody remembers what those are, but she would bring home What's one of a Nutty those. Buddy? What's a Nutty Buddy? A Nutty Buddy is a, is a wafer and, and uh, peanut butter covered in chocolate. That's a Nutty Buddy. Okay, now I want a Nutty Buddy. Okay. Oh, and, then, and then she's bringing home a treat for you so, at 11.30 watch, at night? And I would watch Star Trek. That's cool. And we would spend quality time together, and then, we, and then you know, that would be the end of the evening for me, but... Yeah. I think that that's, that's where it all started. And, and where did it go from there? I mean, it went to... I think that Star Trek and, and everything like that taught me to reach for any 
anything that I wanted to do. If it's something that I want to do, I, I should go for it. It seems to be inspirational to a lot of people, yeah. it, particularly in science and, and, and all things geek culture. But uh, they even touched upon it. Okay, and here I am going back to the CW show, the Legion. I think it's Legends of Superheroes or something like that. Well, they were talking about uh, they went back in time. And if George Lucas had not made Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and, uh, and Star Wars, then these two scientists that are on the show would not have become scientists. Mm -hmm. So the geeky things, the, the things that make you dream or think further of possibilities, they inspire people like, well, Michael Childress mm -hmm. to do other things. And you became a graphic designer on, or uh, a web designer partially because of this, maybe. Maybe I'm reading into it. But what else did you do when you came back to uh, after the podcast is over? And this is 10 years ago. Yeah. What happened? I started, I started acting and directing in, in local community theater. And that's, that's where I kind of hung my hat then. There's local community theater? Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me everything. Um, local community theater in Malton is the uh, is at the Rialto, which is right down the road from here, actually. Yeah, we're at Big Cup. I can almost see the Rialto. Well, I guess if I go out the front door, I can see yeah. the Rialto. Um, the Rialto was built in 1911, and it was a, it was a movie house. Yeah. And then it got shut down for a little while. It closed, and it was on the chopping block for being demolished and turned Ooh. into a parking lot. And the city came in and they bought it and they saved it, they renovated it and turned it into a performance hall. If you're listening and you don't know what the Rialto is, and I encourage you to look it up, Rialto in Moralton, Arkansas, R-I-L... R-I-A-L-T-O. R-I-A-L-T-O. Look it up. It is the typical theater that you would see in a small town, downtown, anywhere, USA. And... I think they made a, a movie called uh, what was it the what was the, the movie with the 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 theater that they were trying to save the majestic. Mm -hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Whenever I drive down this road, I think of the majestic and all the great movies and plays and productions that had to have been there since 1911. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about the Rialto um. and, and your experience. The Rialto was a great experience for me. I mean, I, we did a lot of really great shows. We tried to break the mold on how theater is done because, once again, that's kind of what I do. I break the mold on pretty much anything that I try. Uh -huh. So we had to break the we had to break the mold on how we did sets and how we did how lighting was done and and how the how the theater goers' experience was going to be overall impacted. How so? Tell me more. How many seats in that theater? There are 400 seats in that theater. That's a nice theater. That's a very, it's a very nice theater. For a town of uh, less than 10,000, mm -hmm. that's a great theater. Yeah. So, so tell me, yeah, tell um, me about the productions that have happened in there. Uh, they did On Golden Pond, which is a really great show. When was this? Um, I worked on that production, uh, God, I can't remember, but it was like a few years ago. It's like three or four years ago I worked on that production and then... I directed uh, Emma and the Lost Unicorn, which was a children's show, and then great. I, yeah, I had to build a unicorn head. That was no, that was no easy feat. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was. We've done that show, and we've done Anne of Green Gables, which is another really great show. Yes. I like to do shows where 
a lead character goes through a transformation. Right. And, and becomes stronger at the end of it. So those shows really appeal to me. And, and, a, and a girl that gets stronger as, as time goes on in the show is a really great thing for me. I enjoy that, well, too. Maybe me projecting into it, you walk into a 100-year-old theater, do you feel the history of that theater? And what do you know about the Rialto itself since 1911? Um, the Rialto itself in 1911 uh, looked very different than it does today, of course. It, uh, it had a glass awning, whereas today there's now a, there's now a very... Uh, very good marquee down there and stuff like that. Yes. Um, it was closed down before the 50s and remodeled when Malco Theaters bought it. Okay. So Malco Theater bought it in 1950 and it became uh, Malco Theater. So I'm guessing in 1911 it was a stage theater it was and a, then it was Malco a, Theater made it into a, a movie theater. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Malco made it into a, a movie theater and they revamped the entire thing. They gutted it and then revamped the entire thing. Which now it has, if you walk in now, it has a very, it has a very 1950s kind of feel to it. Okay. Um, the front didn't look anything like it does today. There was it recessed and then it had the two, the two ticket booths on either sides and stuff like that. So it was, it was a very different kind of experience from 1950 than what it is today. But they have they've tried to restore it as best as they can to the way that it looked in 1950. Yes. I mean, are there pictures in there? I've never had the pleasure of going into the Rialto. Um, the Rialto in the lobby, there are actually pictures. And next door, the Rialto Gallery is where they hold uh, most of their events and stuff like that. Okay. So they actually have a gallery next door that has like a, it's a it's pretty big space and it has a kitchen and everything else like that. They so have, how did you get involved with production there? at the Rialto? Um, my high school theater called me. My high school theater teacher called me and uh, she was one of those ladies that you couldn't say no to her. Yeah. So she said, I need you to come over here and help me out. And I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, be, there in a, I'll be there in a little bit. So I drove down and, and went in and, and started working on lighting for their homegrown show, which was Broadway on Broadway. Yes, I, I, the advantages of living in a small town is people still know you and they remember you, mm -hmm. even from high school. That was had to be almost 15 years by that time, Yeah. right? You graduated when? Uh, 95. 95, and then 2005, approximately, somewhere around there, mm -hmm. you're getting called from your teacher, hey, I need some help over here. Yep. So what did you do at the Rialto? Um, I started off running a spotlight and, and helping with lighting and that kind of thing, and then I started acting because they had a they had a murder mystery, which okay. is what we're going to be doing soon. They 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 were having a murder mystery called the Mafia, Mafia yeah. Murders, and that murder mystery they wanted me to act in, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. Okay. So I started acting in that one, and then I started directing after that. So okay. after that, I started directing. And then Once I, again, starts as the as the entry level employee and goes to be the boss. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell me more. So, in directing, that's whenever I started really focusing on breaking the mold of how they did things in that theater, because I wanted I wanted people to have a different experience. Like the audition experience was very different. Okay. I believe in a very. They believed in a very structured audition, and I don't believe in that. Oh. 
I like an audition that's more free flowing. Uh huh. I feel like the director doesn't need to be sitting at a table down off the stage. Right. They need to be up amongst their people, giving them direction and seeing what they can do. So you're directing from on the stage? Yeah, I like to direct from on stage instead of being sitting at a table in the audience. Showing people the blocking, yeah. how to move. Mm-hmm. That, see, that is breaking the mold. See, I don't even know what the mold is. I've never directed anything. I've never really been in any, any plays. And you're showing me, or telling me, or teaching me, teaching us how to be mm-hmm. in the, in the, uh, on the theater. So tell me more. I do. I do enjoy being able to direct from the stage because I feel like you get a better sense of where people are and how comfortable that they are. You can tell by somebody's body language how comfortable they are doing what you're telling them to do. Is it unusual for the actor, though? Because the actor's used to seeing somebody out there with a, hey, you need to move like this, mm-hmm. you know, with a megaphone, maybe. And you are right next to them talking right into their face Mm -hmm. just like i'm talking to you michael childress so tell me what the difference how does as an actor do you feel that that they feel different from your style of directing i i would hope that they felt more comfortable Uh, more than anything because i think that whenever you feel comfortable you do a better job you give a better performance than when you're stiff when you're all stiff and everything you don't want to do that so i really want to put them at ease and especially whenever you're directing children it becomes more of that becomes more important because you want them to feel completely comfortable with everything. Yes. So tell me what kind of productions did you do from? I guess it was 2005 in my head, mm-hmm. uh, and then from then till now. Tell me, tell me about your experience. Uh-huh. And was it all at the Rialto, or did you go other places in in Moralton and around? I worked. I worked mostly for the Rialto okay. before I started. Uh, before we started Central Arkansas Performing and Visual Arts Center. Okay. Um, I worked primarily for them. And okay. Until became, when? Um, about three years ago. Okay. What what was what changed? Um, I just decided that I wanted to try a new offshoot, something new yes. and something inventive. Yeah. So uh, with the Rialto, you maybe you were uh, limited to one location, one very great location with 400 seats mm-hmm. and a built-in audience. Whenever the a show. Uh, came the Rialto. I'm sure they helped you to promote it and to put the word out. Mm-hmm. And then three years ago, you said, "I I need to change. It's it's time for a change." So the Central Arkansas Performing and Visual Arts Center was was formed. How how was that? What is that, Michael Childress? What um, is it? Um, the Central Arkansas Performing and Visual Arts Center is a theater and education group. And what what the goals of that is is to teach people uh, theater. To do performances not only in Moralton but also all the surrounding areas. So we're going to be a traveling theater company. We uh-huh. want shows that travel, and so that's kind of what we're that's kind of what we're all about. We want to give people the opportunity to learn everything they can about theater. So you're taking the knowledge that you learned in high school and you learned in New York and you learned at the Rialto, and you're forming it into something where you can teach other people mm-hmm. how to do what you do. Yeah. And not only be an actor, not only be a singer, but also be a, a, the technical side and a director. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about from three years ago till now. Three years ago, wh- uh, when you first were forming this uh, theater group, what happened? Um, I got a bunch of my friends together because yes. it's always good to have friends. Yes. And I said, I want to do theater in a different way. Yes. I want to break the mold and change every way that I see theater being done in the state of Arkansas, and I want to do it differently. Yes. 
and they said, well, how do you want to do that? And I said, well, let me tell you, we're going to do this and this, and I walked them through the entire plan. And there's a 10-year plan for CAFA. Okay. We're not just going to be here for a couple of years and then we're gone. There's a 10-year plan for CAFA, and we're going to make sure that we hit every single goal that we have. Now, you've come up with an acronym, and that's, that's pretty good. I've already joined the Facebook page. What, what's the acronym? CAFA. Say it. Say the whole. All the, all the, uh, it's the Central Arkansas Performing and Visual Arts Center. C A P V A. Capva. Hey, that's catchy. It's catchy, and you're you're branding this group. Mm-hmm. So when your friends, what, did your friends say you're crazy? You're crazy. No, uh, all my friends were actually they were all very into it, and they were like, "Really, you're you're wanting to do this?" Yeah. And most of my friends know that if I say something, I'm going to make it happen. Yes, you One are. One way or another, I will make sure that I hit my goal. You said you wanted to be on this podcast. You made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so on a small scale, I'm, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yep. And that's, and that's the thing. That's what I think that that's what all of our goals should be is to do exactly what we set out to do. Michael Childress, you're doing it. So yeah. from when you started, what did you do? What, where did you go? Did you, have you done any productions? Um, our, right now we're, we're focused on building, um, holding fundraisers and building that kind of yes. that aspect. And then what we're going to do is we'll get a brick and mortar storefront. Oh, okay. And then we'll start teaching classes out of that. And then we'll start touring shows next, early next year, I believe. Excellent. So you have a plan mm-hmm. and you have things in the works. Uh, was it fry, fries in the pan or whatever it is, you know, things frying. Yeah. Uh, so where have you gotten in this? Is this run primarily out of your house or, or off your phone, I guess? Or, yeah. or, you know, you're able to be contacted mm-hmm. if people are interested in this. Uh, what fundraisers have you had up to now? Um, we're actually starting our fundraiser this is going to be our first one. We're doing a murder mystery. Where, where? Okay, we're uh, doing a murder mystery in Conway, Russellville, and Amoralton. Okay. So it's going to be three locations. It's called My Alma Mater, which is supposed to take place in a, in a high school reunion. Um, but we've seen murder mysteries done before, and we're trying to break the mold on how we do those, too. Yes. So basically, we're... We're going to make it so that no one knows who the actors are. Right. So no one's going to know who's an actor and who isn't. Oh, I was going to ask you who the actors are. <laughs> so so you're, nobody's ever going to know, so anybody could be a suspect. Anybody. We want to make sure that the audience doesn't know anything about what's going on. Oh, that's so cool. So, oh my gosh, I can't even ask you. Are, are you just going to show up to somebody's high school and, and maybe at their... Uh, General Assembly, and then somebody's been shot. I mean, kind of, sort of. Which probably could be dangerous in this day and age. (laughs) How is that going to go over there, Michael Childress? How is that going to go over? Have we seen the logistics on that one? I mean, I hope it's going to go over very well, but I mean... (laughs) You're going to have some scared kids, uh, you know, some some traumatic, traumatized people. No, do they at least know that they're going to a show? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. There. Okay. Yes. You're you're preparing people because uh, if you just show up at somebody's, well, we'll say a church or something, and say somebody's been shot. <laughs> oh no. That's not going to be good at all. That, that won't be good. No. Okay. So they know that they're going to a murder mystery show. When? Where? When's? What's? What's happening, Michael Children? Well, we're having we're having a couple of we're having a couple of auditions coming up really really soon. Uh, the first one is going to be. 
on the 4th, which is going to be Friday. It's oh, gonna, this Friday? This Friday. Wow, what a timely podcast I, we got here. I know. It's going to be at the First Church of the Nazarene in their gym. Uh-huh. Um, it's located at 108 North Morrill Street in Morrillton. Okay. And so we're going to have that one. That one's from 5 to 7. Okay. So 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. You can come in and, and audition and have a great time. Um, we're also going to be holding it in Conway at the Faulkner County Library. Okay. And Seminar Room 3 is where we're going to be at. I think I've done a podcast in that room. <laughs> so we're going to be there on the 5th from 3 to 5. So okay. Fridays and Saturdays, we're going to be there. And I think it's going to be really great. I mean, I've enjoyed doing it and we've got an excellent uh, we've got an excellent director for that show his name is Blair Wilson okay he's an improv actor and he loves that kind of he loves that kind of show so this is right up his alley all right so you're allowed to know who the director is but not quite who the actors are mm-hmm. <laughs> you could be the actor if you show up to the the audition on Friday at the Church of Nazarene in Morrillton Arkansas yeah How about that you could be an actor that, right here okay that's fantastic uh Michael Childress, when does production uh, tend to start, or what do you intend to start? The production is going to be uh, three weekends in October, probably okay. the first, second, and third weekend in October. We're at the first uh, first no, no, weekend no, I'm coming sorry, up. I'm sorry, November. November, no problem. No, November, the, probably the first, second, and third weekend. Wow, so you got one month to get the actors and one month to get production underway, mm-hmm. and then December maybe? And then probably in November, well, we're supposed to have another event in november so okay. we've got two events going on and that's going to be an uno and cards against humanity night what uno and cards against what's humanity. Card, cards against humanity what's that cards against humanity is a card game for completely horrible people okay so it's an 18 and over kind of ordeal but it's it's going to be really kind of fun yeah i'm kind of familiar with uno i mean i almost i hit you with a reverse card so you would answer that question yeah <laughs> That's right. Excellent. So, Cards Against Humanity. I'm going to have to look in on that one. Uh, I'm kind of interested. So, tell me more about CAPVA. Okay, that's what's going on right now mm-hmm. with CAPVA, C-A-P-V-A. Look it up on Facebook right now. Do it. Click it. There you go. Put a like on it. Find out what's going on. But what's on the horizon after that? Uh, you're doing a murder mystery. When does that plan to be in, in production? In November, the first, second, and third weekend of November. That's production. Is that putting on the show? Yep. That's oh, so you got October to find the people, and November, the show is on. Yep. Oh, okay. So what's what's happening after that? Um, after that, and after the Cards Against Humanity and, and Uno Night, we're going to be going in next year in January. We'll start. We'll start on auditions for our first show. So exciting. So, Do you know what the first show is going to be yet? I can't say what the Don't. first show is, but I, I, I can tell you that it is one of my very favorite shows, and it is, it's going to be an amazing show to be in. The entertainment business is so secretive because yeah. people will hear about these things, and then they'll go, ooh, I could steal that idea. So, yes, yeah, I, I know why it's so secretive, and I know why. You, you hear about these productions, it's, you know, these big Hollywood movies, and... Hey, what's it about? I really can't tell you. What's the name of it? I really can't tell you. It's very secretive for a reason. As people want to steal from people. No, don't do it. Michael Childress, mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure chit-chatting with you. How do the people find out more about um, you and your production company? They can go to kappa.org, C-A-P-V-A.org, 
and that's our website and they can go there and find out about me they can email me there's a little facebook button down there at the bottom they can facebook chat us and that goes out to all of our board members so somebody will get you and take care of you there and then you can head over to facebook capva there and we're always announcing something new that we're doing we're always asking community questions because our job is to fulfill our community's needs. Michael so, Childers, do I even have to ask who designed the website? Oh, no. That would be me. Uh, <laughs> I already knew the answer to that question. <laughs> so you're designing the website still? Are you? Mm -hmm. uh, what other pots are, 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 do you have your fingers in? Uh, you got the production company, you're still web designing. Mm -hmm. Any other things that you, that you do for people? Um, I'm always a very helpful person, so if you need help on pretty much anything, if you ever need anything, all you have to do is like message me, and and if it's and if I'm able to help you, I will I will be the first one to be like, yeah, sure, let's go, let's help. My, my, Michael Childress might help you paint your room or move your couch. Sure. <laughs> Based out of Moralton, Arkansas, Michael Childress on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Anything else you want to tell the people? No, I think that's it. All right. Any it's last a, words for the people? Well, it's been a it's been a great time meeting you, Dan, and it's been it's been really fun sitting here and chit chatting about Star Trek and about theater and about everything else. I mean, it's just been a really great time. It has been. Thank you so much, Michael Childress. Dap it, uh, and we're out. Thanks. Well, there you have it, party people. Michael Childress. You know, actor and director, and now uh, he's in, char in charge of his own uh, entertainment troupe, his own theater group. Theater. Every time I say theater, I put a little inflection on it for some reason. Makes me want to say theater. So find out more and follow Michael Childress and the people of Capva and the Capva group, and you'll find out more about what they're doing. And yeah, I'm putting this up. And next Friday, October 4th, they have the audition for his mystery show so check that out audition yeah maybe you could be a part of the show he didn't want to tell me who, who the actors were because well maybe some of the actors are casts but maybe some of them are not casts and maybe you'll go to a show and anybody maybe the person sitting next to you could be a suspect <gasps> Ooh, it's a mystery i tell you a mystery well that's coming soon on the horizon for michael childress i'm so happy that he came on the program hopefully he comes on as time progresses to, to update all of us on what's going on with his theater there i did it again theater group <laughs> thanks again michael childress if you want to tell your story on the what makes you famous podcast i encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radio what.com that's it for this edition of what makes you famous it's keys dan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace i'm out out of here radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes a timid person is frightened before a danger a coward during the time and a courageous person afterward john paul richter the music you want radio what.com be on radio what call 501-470-6386 say your name where you're from and you're listening to what the music you want is on RadioWhat.com.